0: Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So let's get into Ephesians chapter 4, and I'm going to reread a verse. Um, Let's see. Mm, Let's start with verse 3. We're going to start with verse 3. We got further than that, but I'm going to just read on down Ephesians 4.3. So look at this right here. Here's what the word says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. How many of you know it's better to be right with each other than to just be right? You learned that in marriage, right? It's better to just be right with each other. The the, the scriptural term for that out of the King James Version, the New King James Version is reconciled. To be made right with each other, be on the same page. Say, hey man, there's times you're just not gonna agree on stuff. Even when you get married, there's it's amazing. Two becoming one is so interesting in a marriage because you got two complete worldviews. Even though you have so much in common, my wife and I have so much in common. We're very compatible, but at the same time, I just I process information differently. Way differently than her. I miss stuff. There's things that I'll miss and she goes did you did you hear that and I'll, I'll, I'll say yeah it was this and she goes oh, I didn't even catch that I caught this and she goes oh okay so we have different perspectives even though I'm telling you our backgrounds are so similar I can start a gospel song and start singing it from the 70s or 80s or even an old hymn she can finish it very similar upbringings all right but still there's differences of opinion and what is our goal though not just in marriage but in the church, the body of Christ, with other believers, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together, how? With peace. Another verse says, pursue, pursue peace with all, with all men, meaning with everybody, not just with men, right? That word, that word men uh, in scripture just means mankind, humanity. Pursue peace with people, if at all possible, all right? Don't don't try to be in strife because that's where there's confusion and every evil work when you're just disagreeing and fighting and arguing. There's a lot of problems there. Let's go to verse 4. For there is one body and one spirit. See the capital S on spirit. One Holy Spirit. Just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. What is your glorious hope? Starts with an H. Heaven. That is your glorious hope for the future. You don't have a bunch of different glorious hopes. You have... One glorious hope, and that is heaven forever with Jesus. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. Let's stop there just for a moment. Here's another scripture that says, There is no other name under heaven given to us whereby we can be saved. I believe it says that in the book of Acts. So there's only one name. There's only one name and one way to get to heaven. That's Jesus. See, you can look into Islam and they'll tell you, well, these are the pillars of Islam, but they can't guarantee you eternal life. Jesus is the only, only one out there that guarantees, look, you accept me, you serve me, you're going to live with me in heaven forever. Then there's other stuff. We've talked about this before. Reincarnation. That's creepy to me, man. You know, you just keep coming back as something different, you know. What if you, what if you did bad and came back as a cockroach? You know we've talked about that. That'd be terrible. And I, I'm not trying to make fun of their stuff. Well, not completely, but it's just kind of just kind of just coming out that way. But man, that, wouldn't that be bad? Did you know in some some of the, these countries they they don't want to kill cows because they believe they're they're ancestors that are reincarnated, and they're starving. You know the amount of hamburgers out there. Let's be real. All right, so. Just remember, you want to keep it simple. People want to complicate it. Humans make stuff complicated. Did you know some of the Eastern religions, they have text, texts. Their version of Scripture is, some of them, 40,000, 50,000 pages of literature. You know how much that is to keep up with? Say, oh, they must have been inspired. They wrote all that. Oh, no, people can get on drugs and get real inspired. I'm serious. But God kept it simple. You say, man, I don't know about the Bible. It's it's not simple to me. You need a translation you can understand, and you'd be surprised how God simplified it for us. Really. It's all there. It's all you need. You don't need 50,000 pages of literature. You need God's Word, okay, in a a version you can understand. So one God, all right? That means one Bible. Y'all with me? All right? Let me just go ahead and go on here. Let, Let me just... Speak the truth tonight. Interesting. You say, man, he's beating up on people. No, we're going to talk doctrinally. Okay? The Book of Mormon, that's an extra gospel. That's another good news, and that's not scriptural. You've got to look into that. You've got to look into who founded that. You say, man, every, no, everybody's a Christian. And, you know, even believers say this. We all serve the same God. Oh, no. Uh-uh. uh uh-uh. Allah is not the God you serve. I'm back to Islam. That's not the God you serve. You should look into that. Uh, Muhammad chose one of the many gods in the Arabian Peninsula there, and he he picked the moon god. So you should look into history on that. It it ain't the same god. Allah didn't have a son. The god you serve, he has a son named Jesus, all right? And his, his word is true. And see, other religions are tricky because they say, well, even Islam once again say, well, Jesus, interesting, say Jesus was the only perfect man who ever lived. They believe that. But they do not believe that he's God. They'll even say he's the word of God. He came bringing the word of God. But they will not tell you that Jesus is God. They think that's blasphemy to them. So look into stuff even before you go out and say, oh, man, we all worship the same God. No, it's not true. That's not true. If we're all worshiping the God of the Bible, then that's that's the same God okay are you with me tonight say man that's offensive no I'm just preaching scripture tonight okay I'm preaching scripture you say no you're you're beating up other churches oh no no if people teach the word then there's one God and father of all who is over all in all and living through all look at this verse there is one mediator between God and man scripture says and that is Jesus Christ one way one way to heaven all right So verse 7, however, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. A special gift. Verse 8, that is why the scriptures say when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. All right. Um, I'm not going to get into all of that doctrinally because that man that goes that gets deep right there. But look at this, verse 9. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. Verse 9, some manuscripts say he descended to the lower parts of the earth. Isn't that interesting? He said, what does that mean? Well, if you look at, we don't, don't have to go there right now, but 1 Peter three nineteen and 20, the Apostle Peter says that Jesus went, he descended, and he preached a message to the spirits in prison. Preached a message. Those who had disobeyed God during, for example, First Peter says, those who had died during the flood of Noah. He preaches a message to them. Interesting. We're not going to get into all that. But just know that Jesus, he went down. He went down to the depths of the earth. You say, is that just the earth? Well, he went down in the spirit, wherever that is. People always say, well, hell's down below us. Maybe so. Maybe it's in the spirit down there. I don't know exactly how that works. But Jesus preached a message in hell is what it sounds like. We don't understand all that. People can speculate, all right? But it's saying, notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world or to the underworld. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens. This is powerful. So that he might fill the entire universe with himself. say, what does he mean by that? One way to look at it is this. Remember Jesus said, he told his disciples, if I don't return to the Father, then I cannot send you the comforter. Now that the Comforter is here, who's that? That's the Advocate. That's the Holy Spirit. All right? That's the Teacher. That's the one who guides us into all truth. So now that Jesus is at the right-hand side of the Father, the Holy Spirit is being manifest all over the universe. Powerful. All right? Very powerful. Verse 11. Check this out. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. This is what, before I get into it, this is the five-fold ministry, okay? You say, man, I don't know that I'm called to do one of these things. That's fine. Everybody's gift is powerful. You've got to find your gift in life wherever God has gifted you. Be, I'm going to tell you right now, if you're not called to one of these five, be glad. Are you with me? You say, what? Oh, yeah, you read in Scripture, it says, those who teach the Word they're going to they're gonna get judged at a different level than those who do not teach the Word. So every, I better, I better keep it straight up here, huh? I, there's no doubt in my mind I'm going to go to heaven one day, but we will all stand before God, and you're going to go to heaven. We're all going to be there together. But there is, is going to be a time where God even judges the works of his people. And there's going to be things where God says, you knew you should have said more about that, or you shouldn't have said it that way to me. Who knows? So you should desire to fulfill your calling in God, whatever that is, okay, before I get into the five-fold ministry here. Does that mean I'm better than you, or you're better than me, if our gift isn't the same? No, it just means we're different, and we make up the body of Christ, right? Scripture talks about different parts of the body. It's amazing how You don't think about parts of your body until something gets hurt. Right, Chad? I mean, you're not thinking, and you're right-handed, aren't you? Oh, my gosh. You don't think about it much until it hurts. I've had a heel that's been hurting for a while, and it's healing. The heel is healing. That that is the lowest form of humor, I think. (coughs) Puns are the lowest form of humor, but thank you. And I didn't think about my heel until it started hurting. You ever gotten the flu before? And you hurt in places? I mean, you hurt in strange places. You're like, oh, I feel terrible. Everybody's different, but we have something called lymph nodes. You guys familiar with those? Well, I have some on the back of my head, and when my body's fighting something, the back of my head hurts on these lymph nodes. Strange. Okay? I don't think about those. I don't wake up in the morning and say, God, you know, bless our day, man, me and Jen, and bless our home, and Lord bless my lymph nodes. I don't think, I don't think like that. But when they hurt, I'm like, Lord, you gotta, you gotta heal me, man. Or your arm's hurting. I've slept wrong before. And I think about my elbow. Otherwise I'm not going around, you know, Eddie, oh man, you know, my elbow, I'm going to use these for God today. No, I don't think about them unless they're hurting. Right. Interesting. We are all part of the body of Christ. And this is uniquely the body of Christ. The gifts he gave to the church, you say, I'm not one of those. How do I fit in? Oh, oh you got to seek God about that. But you have an amazing gift. And I'm telling you, it's interesting. Usually the ones who are called to fivefold ministry, those are your, basically your preachers and teachers. We're going to get into that in a minute. Those are usually the ones that run from it for a while. That's really how you know you're called. I most of the time said I don't want that. (laughs) I told God, I was like, Lord, man, bless me with money. I'll give to the kingdom or something. There's no way. There's no way. I remember, I think I said it out loud. I don't want to be a pastor like dad. I don't want to be a pastor. Well, here we are. 20, going on 21 years and some months of being a pastor. So praise God. So here's the gifts Christ gave to the church. Number one is apostle. I'm going to read through this verse and we're going to stay there, though, for a minute. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. An apostle comes from a word that means messenger. Apostles are unique because apostles are the ones that have a a powerful gift to start a new work. Pastor doesn't announce himself as this. My dad, Pastor Fabian, my senior pastor. But he has an apostolic anointing on him. He's started several churches over the years. Not everybody can do that. A prophet doesn't go start a church usually, or a teacher usually, okay? Dad has a unique gift. It's a gift of the apostle, meaning he could. there's a gift and an ability to start a church from nothing. Right now, he's doing a work right now, and that, it may turn into a church in another town. So, fascinating. Apostles can operate in different, different offices. More than just apostles, they can have a prophetic gift, evangelical Pastoral and a teacher. And those who know Pastor Fabian know that he's operated in some of these other gifts. I've seen him on the mission field and he operates more like an evangelist. Okay, we'll get into that in a minute. A prophet now. Prophet is someone who, for lack of a better term, speaks prophetically. Sometimes they speak about the future. Sometimes they speak about someone's past that um, needs to be revealed to help them heal. Sometimes they speak about someone's present, about something they're doing that nobody knows, nobody knows about except for God and them. So prophets have a unique way of looking into someone's life or into the spirit, okay? Evangelists, they're anointed to preach the gospel, usually, an evangelist. Um, different ones of the fivefold, they have different giftings for healings, okay? Even someone who's not in the fivefold can lay hands on the sick, though, and they can recover. Why? Because we all have faith. Jesus said, "You will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover." You say, "Really? Oh yeah, you'd be amazed. You pray over someone in faith. I've seen even little kids do it just because they believe, said, "Let me pray for you." And they were healed. So all of these have unique giftings for healing as well, okay? But evangelists, they, they preach the gospel, many times they'll do miracles, that lead people to Jesus. I've seen some of that over the years. Pastors, well, you're looking at a pastor right now. I take care of a local uh, flock. All right. Pastors are uniquely gifted to be able to deal with folks, help them through their lives. They are local coaches, really. An evangelist isn't going to stick around and pastor you. All right. Evangelists have the advantage of preaching the word, preaching the word. And they say, God bless you all. Hope it fell on good ground. I'll see you soon, but not too soon. I'm out. All right. So praise God for evangelists. But pastors, (laughs) pastors stick around and stay in the trenches. Okay. then there's teachers. Now, when you say teacher, you say, oh, okay, someone who helps with the kids, King's kids, that's just a teacher. A teacher is someone uniquely gifted to teach the Word. You will see this in operation um, in a pastor's life. A pastor needs to be apt to teach, Scripture says. I need to be able to teach the Word. But then there's those who've been doing it for years, and they have a unique gifting as well. Once again, I refer to my dad. Those who are in the spiritual warfare class, you know that he is an excellent teacher. He teaches the Word, like Scripture says, line upon line. Here a little, there a little. All right? So, man, he's an he's excellent teacher. But as a pastor, I need to be able to teach as well, okay? And you see all these different giftings. And what are all these for? Let's go to verse 12. I'm glad you asked. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. One translation says the perfecting of the saints. You say, is that going to make us perfect? No. The translation for perfect in the Bible comes from a word that means mature. Mature. That means we all have to grow up spiritually eventually, right? Look at this. In the natural, you got some folks that have some babies in here, huh? Some kids. Are they growing physically? They are, huh? Some are going, mm-hmm, and they're eating more. They're eating all our stuff. Yeah, kids grow. It's natural. You grow. I was a late bloomer. I'm not the biggest guy you've ever seen, but I remember, man, in, in seventh grade, I was four foot eleven and eighty pounds. It's a beast. Four 11, 80 pounds. Little bitty quick dude. Man, I, I had thick hair. I remember I, I'd run so fast, man, it would feather my hair. It was just like, little, little guy running around. Then I started growing. I was a late bloomer, but I started growing finally, okay? That's normal, isn't it? He said, well, I'm not very tall. No, but it was normal that you grow. We all, we've all You get to a certain age, you stop growing that way physically. But here's my example tonight. As a believer, you don't just stay an infant in the Lord, do you? You gotta, that's why you gotta get into the word. You gotta get into scripture. Say, man, three chapters a day is a lot. I hear that around here. Here's what I've been telling people: if three chapters a day is a lot, be really good at reading one chapter a day. One. You can do that. As much as people are, not everybody in here I know, but as much as people are on Facebook, you can read a chapter a day. As much as people watch TV and Netflix el netflix oh yeah oh i know he said man i work work starts in four hours man but the next episode is starting on netflix right netflix so i mean you got time for that people say i don't have time no we don't make time all right there's always time in your day to do the important things all right let scripture let let the word and prayer be those important things in your life verse 12 once again the responsibility remember the fivefold ministry apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. My responsibility is to help you grow in the faith. So that you can do what? So that you can share your faith. So that you can walk in love. So that you can forgive. So that you can learn Scripture, all right? Don't just take my word for it, though. Make sure everything I'm saying lines up with Scripture. All right. That's why you got to read the Bible for yourself. Verse 13, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Somebody say, wow. <laughs> that's, that's a big, that's a tall order, isn't it? Can we do that one again? Verse 13, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith you and I are so much on the same page, even though there's, there's disagreements about minor little things here and there, man. There are, the unity of our faith is we agree on Jesus, we agree on Scripture, we know the only way to get to heaven is Jesus. We get to such unity in our faith, we're we even believing for the same things, for our families to get saved, for healing, for different stuff. And knowledge of God's Son... That we will be mature in the Lord. There's that word. That's a great translation. Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Wow. You say, man, I, I'm never going to be perfect. You're, you are going to be surprised if you keep seeking God and his word, how much your mind renews and how much you're able to think clearer and think better and make good decisions. And people around you will notice, I promise, They say, man, you're different. I've had people ask me that before. They said, what is it about you? I don't know what it is about you. I've had people ask me this. Check this out. I've never been one to drink or do, or do drugs, never have. I drank a little bit of wine one time at a communion service, and I told my mom, oh, my gosh, Mom, it's rotten. It was wine. I was expecting grape juice, so I got a slug. It was wine. I was a little boy. She goes, I think it's wine, you know. Just swallow it and don't ever drink it anymore, you know. I don't know what she said. But I've had people ask me this, say, are you, are you on something? Mm. Adrian's laughing. I had 50 milligrams of caffeine today, just so you know, 50 milligrams. That's not even a fourth of a cup of strong coffee, okay? But there's been times my wife said, you, did you have caffeine? I'm like, no, I just, I got excited. I don't even know what it is. Praise God. That's great. But people notice you're different, though. And all personalities are different, but people go, there's peace around you. During COVID, somebody told me that, said, we went to go get a hamburger somewhere, and the young lady looked at me, and she goes, sir, there's peace around you. What? She said, there's something different around you. There's peace around you. I said, thank you. I said something like, praise God. And she goes, Do you go to church somewhere? And I said, yes, ma'am, I I pastor. And she goes, oh, okay. But you don't have to pastor for there to be peace on you. The world's in turmoil. Careful about the news, okay? I got to give that wisdom again. Because I tell you all that, and sometimes I'll check it out here and there, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, all this does is make me mad. (laughs) Baby, let's go back to the Food Network. But then they're doing Halloween specials all month. I'm like, golly, this is gross. Let's, let's do something else. Let me just read or something. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. You say, what exactly is that? Being Christ-like is, man, letting God shine through you. When you, get, when you go to heaven, you will be up to the full and complete standard of Christ. But did you know right now by the blood of Jesus... You're right with God, and that's what counts. You're right with God. He said, man, I ain't got to do a whole checklist of stuff. You need to serve God and love Him. Your works don't send you to heaven. Your faith does. But when you have faith, you show your faith. Are you all still with me? Verse 14. Then we will no longer be immature like children. Ouch. Look at this one. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We're going to stay on this verse for a minute. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Here's a good example. Are there a lot of fad diets out there? Now, I think a lot of diets have merit. I do, a lot of them. I think they're good, but here's the crazy thing. I don't think all diets work the same for everybody. Low-carb diet would not work for me. They just wouldn't. All right? There are those that, because of medical issues, they do really well on a low-carb diet. And then there's others that say, I don't need a lot of meat. That's great. A low meat diet or a or a high red meat diet, whatever. You gotta find out what works for you. But in the same way, I've, I've seen doctrines over the year, and I'm all, mmm, scripture talks about that. That ain't right. Heard something years ago, someone said, No, you gotta pray you got to pray to God, but then you can get to know your angel. Mm. Scripture doesn't say that. I'm not going to get to know no angels. If they want to show up and give me a message, and I'll say, hey, do you come in the name of Jesus, the risen Savior? We'll decode them that way, but I don't need to get to know no angels. That's weird. One guy said, no, as you get to know your angel, you know, it's the same relationship that a horse and its rider has. I said, no, that sounds weird. No, and that was on a Christian station. A dude, a man of God had someone on there that was saying that. And I was like, bruh, hey, bruh, get her off there, man. Get him off there. Or I don't remember if it was a male or female. I'm like, ah, uh, Scripture doesn't teach that. Scripture doesn't teach that. The Apostle Paul, I believe it was the Apostle Paul who said, if, if one of us or an angel comes to you with a different gospel, let him be cursed, basically. There's some religions out there, I'm not going to get back into them, that they got a new message from an angel. No, <laughs> or someone claiming to be an angel. This is a fallen angel. All right? You don't want to look into that. Do we have guardian angels? Scripture says it, but I mean, we don't talk to each other. I pray to, I pray to God in the name of Jesus. Okay? There's other religions that say, man, you can pray to angels. No, 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 no. Don't ever get deceived. Go back to Scripture. I've heard Christians say some nutty stuff. We won't, listen, we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. It was a man of God in the last 10 years. He said, once you get saved, he said, you don't ever have to repent again to the Lord. I loved seeing the look on some of y'all's faces. (laughs) What? I mean, so what do you do with 1 John 1, 9? Who's written to Christians if we confess our sins. So no, Jesus died on the cross. There's no more. This is what this guy said. He said, there, you don't have to repent for your sin, and there's no more judgment. And I'm like, well, what do you do with the book of Revelation then? That's a book of judgment, and sin must be judged. So mm. get into the word, because let's be real. There's some folks out there. They sound, it, it sounds amazing. It sounds great. But somebody said this, but it doesn't work. (laughs) It ain't right. So let's go to verse 15. Instead, we're going to end with verse 15 tonight. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. Wow. Take note of that, please. Memorize that right there. We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Man, don't you want to be more like Jesus? I do i do in this world things are changing there's lies there's things going on 2020 has been crazy huh i gonna tell you how crazy it was everybody got a check from the government i'll tell guys in bible study last night i'm like i remember thinking that's a dumb idea man they don't need to be giving money to everything to everyone this is crazy man that's the national debt that is crazy I was like, baby, they put the money in our account. Let's get a new fence back there. (laughs) You're handing it out, man. We tithed. We tithed on it. We gave to the Lord. Actually, the fence wasn't my idea, but I was in full agreement. (laughs) Speak the truth in love, no matter what tomorrow brings. You don't always have to speak up, but when you do, speak the truth in love. I remember last example hopefully for the night young lady she was a pastor's daughter years ago and she would just she was nice sometimes she was a friend of a friend and i remember she would tell people rude stuff and she's like i'm just being honest i was all what but that's not the truth in love is it Uh uh-uh speak the truth in love now here's the deal You don't speak so as to not offend people. You speak the truth in love because the truth in love is, hey man, Jesus died for your sins. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And that's offensive to some people. I'm not a sinner. Truth is what I make it to be. No, it's right here. Instead, we'll speak the truth in love growing in every way more and more like Christ who is the head of his body, the church. Before we pray tonight, this is your unique opportunity to ask me a couple of questions. Does anybody have questions tonight about anything that was said? It's a Wednesday night. You won't get this offer on Sunday mornings. Anybody? I know you're probably not going to ask any questions, but going once, all right. Sir? Say, say that again. Uh huh. Yeah. Mhm. And you should. That that's our lifestyle. No, it no, it is. If, and I'm all about relationships, but there's times where you meet someone and you may not see them again. But you, if you get it time enough to get to know each other and they're asking questions or it comes up that's a perfect time to share your faith i, I love that did you have a question in there or are you just commenting okay no that yeah no the five the fivefold is some these are these are preachers basically those called to preach to a group of people whether small or large that's what the, the five fold is all Christians are called, according to Jesus. He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. That's everybody in this house. We're called to share our faith. So you don't have to be a, an apostle, because I, I don't know God's calling for your life in particular, but I do know this calling for everybody. That is, our job is to share our faith. That's what Jesus said. He said, go ye into all the world and teach and preach, make disciples. So you say, and a lot of people, here's what I like, Chad. Chad. About, about your comment and your question is a lot of people don't have a revelation of that. Even as believers, they say, I'll let the pastor share, share his faith. I'll let him lead people to Jesus. Well, at some point, God's going to set people right in front of you and he's going to want you to share your faith. And it doesn't have to be scary. Sharing your faith may be, hey, come to church with me, man. Jesus has a plan for your life. But I believe everybody is called to lead somebody to Jesus. No pressure. That's between you and God. But that's what Jesus said. Go into all the world what is, what is preach in that context or teach? Share your faith. Proclaim. Everybody has been called to proclaim. Not everybody has been called to teach a group of people or to pastor, be an evangelist, apostle, prophet, or teacher, but everybody has been called to share their faith. Everybody. And God will give you unique op- opportunities to do so. Does anybody have any other questions before we pray? Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. No time like the present to pray. Is there anybody in this house tonight at the sound of my voice who says, you know what, Pastor Matt, I, I need to get right with God for the first time, I need to accept Jesus, or I need to recommit my life as a believer? Is there anybody in here who says, I need to recommit my life Would you raise your hand tonight? Or I need to accept Jesus for the first time. Would you raise your hand? Anybody who needs to recommit their life to God? God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for your courage. Everybody in the house, I want you to repeat this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for my sin. I know Jesus is my Lord and Savior, but I want to walk in truth. I want to walk in faith. And I want to walk closely with God. Lord, forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. I know it's done because of what your word says. I am right with you by faith. Thank you for your grace, which is your power to do right and to live right. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Let me just speak and declare over you tonight. Heavenly Father, I honor you. I thank you for everyone that's in this house. I thank you that your word has fallen on good ground. I thank you that we are challenged, Lord. We're challenged to be committed and to be planted. Say committed. Yes. We are challenged, Lord, to make a covenant with you and to keep it as believers. Not, well, I'm going to live saved this year. Next year I'm not. I'm not going to be connected. This year, next year, I am. No, we're called to be consistent and stable, Lord God. We are called to be planted. Scripture says those that are planted in the house of our Lord, those that are planted, they will flourish. They will grow. Lord, I thank you for the example as all truth is parallel. If we're transplanting a tree all the time, it's eventually going to die. It's got to be planted somewhere and grow roots and get water. Thank you for the water of your word in this house. Thank you for connection and being planted here or somewhere else locally. But, God, we are called to be planted, and I thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for that revelation. I thank you because you've called us all to serve you, God, in the local church, wherever that is, in the body of Christ. And I thank you for that. And, Lord, let your word be real to everyone in this house. Praise your name, and I thank you. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen.